everyone. Welcome back to Presenting Pixie Dust. I'm Elizabeth Carr. And I'm Brett Harvey. And today, are we going to talk about what we're going to talk about? We don't talk about this movie. Except everyone's <laughs> talking about this movie. Everyone is talking about this yeah. movie. Because this is probably, would we make a bold statement as to say, top three Disney movies ever made? It's got to be a way up there. It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah, we were excited to to watch it. Mm-hmm. We, and the only downside is that we didn't get to see this at the movies. That's true. You know. We were Disney Plus, mm. uh, Disney Plus viewers. But the upside to that is that we've watched it several times. Yeah. <laughs> and not only have we gotten hooked on this, also our niece has gotten hooked on it as well. She's yep. what, three? She's three, yeah. <laughs> And she loved it. Yes. Because there's what's not to love. Yeah. It's amazing. Uh, we are, of course, talking about Encanto. And yeah, yeah. that's the topic of today's conversation. Encanto. Yes. I love the name. It's great, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah. Well, they say it's a, a place of wonder. That's mm. their definition. That's what they said. Is that Disney's definition? Well, that's that's Abuela's definition. Oh, ah, okay. <laughs> she says a place of wonder and Encanto. There you go. So I don't know if Encanto actually has another... And like a meaning. everyday meaning. Yeah. Well, Sounds guess, like enchanted, I think. Like when yeah. I think Encanto. Does that mean enchanted in No, I'm thinking um, more Spanish? I, I'm thinking more like incantation. Oh, yeah? okay, right. Which is like magic. Magic, yeah. But enchanted it, is magic inc- as well. Incantation is a spell, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um a worded spell? A word spell? Or is that a, like a incantation? Yeah. Yeah, that's something you have to say. Yeah. An incantation is something you have to yeah. say. But they don't have to say anything in this. No. In fact, they actively don't say a lot of things yeah. in this. There's a lot of things they don't talk about. No, we don't talk about it. All right, you ready to get going? Yeah, yeah. Okay, this movie premiered on November 3rd, 2021. Where do you think it premiered? Oh, at the El Capitan <laughs> You are Theater. correct, at the El Capitan Theatre in Hollywood, California. Uh, it has a runtime of 102 minutes and it currently has a rating of 7.3 on IMDb and 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. I think 7.3 is a travesty. I just think that it's worthy of so much more than 7.3. I yeah. don't know who would have rated it that low. Some good tomatoes, though. Yeah, some decent tomatoes. Yeah, that's a box full of good. tomatoes. It's quite a few tomatoes. Mm-hmm. All right, shall we push on? Yeah. Or have you got something you well, add? okay. No, like if you think the IMDb scores low, mm-hmm. why do you think that might be? I have no idea. What's not to love? Because they don't like joy. <laughs> they don't like music. Yeah. They don't like color. They yeah. don't like magic. I don't know. I can't think yeah. of why. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder who's voting it down. Someone from DreamWorks has gone on there <laughs> and has repeatedly given it bad reviews. People who don't like strong female lead roles. Correct. Could be that. Could be that. Uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Fun fact number one. Yeah, yeah. All right. Encanto is the 60th Disney animated yeah. film. Yeah. They make that very clear, 60. don't they? Mm-hmm. At the start of the movie, the they put credits. it up there. Yeah. Yep. I always love seeing what they do with the uh, with the castle at the start of the movies because they often change that mm. opening shot of Cinderella's castle depending on what the movie is to make it thematic. Yeah, to, yeah. and I just I just love that. Um, and what did they do this time? Well, they put a big 60th Disney animated. Did it have <laughs> like the like the theme of the movie? I can't even. No, I don't think so. I don't think it was. I think it was no. just like the the classic celebratory classic Disney. Yeah, yeah. it was gold or something. I think. It was, no, it's I, it was gold writing. I can't remember. 
We'll have to watch it again. We'll have to watch it again. <laughs> All right. Fun fact number two. Each magical member of the Madrigal family has a recurring symbol on their clothes that represents their gifts. So Julieta's apron has images of plants and in the pockets, hands holding plants representing her healing powers through mm. recipes. Pepper wears sun-shaped earrings and her dress has many suns on it, symbolizing her weather-related powers. Yep. Bruno has hourglasses on his poncho, mirroring his ability to see through the sands of time. Mm. Isabella's dress is covered in flowers, tying her directly to her plant powers. Louisa's skirt has free weights on the bottom, an obvious allusion to her super strength. <laughs> Dolores's clothes are covered with sound waves, yeah. a clear reflection of her super hearing. Uh, Camilo's poncho has chameleons on it, alluding to both his name and his shape-shifting ability. Yeah. Antonio's vest has animals sewn onto it, echoing his ability to understand and communicating with animals. And Mirabelle is shown with a decorative pink butterfly sewed on her right shoulder, a symbol of the house or her family. Yeah. And the, the butterfly is a theme we see sort of throughout the movie. Yeah. Mm. She follows the butterflies yep. and, yeah, they, they help her. There you go. Um, fun fact number three, Disney Animation initially resisted moving forward with a dozen main characters for Encanto. Uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda deliberately wrote the film's opening number, The Family Madrigal, to prove to Disney Animation that it was possible to efficiently introduce such a large family and mm. its internal dynamics to the audience. Yeah, there you go. In turn, Encanto was the hardest film to date for heads of animation because they were asked to fully develop a dozen characters, as opposed to other animated films which primarily feature two or three characters out of a large cast. Yeah. The animators were challenged by the directors to make Mirabelle distinctively different from all prior Disney heroines. She had to be both capable and imperfect, but not merely just clumsy. Yeah. The Casita was inspired not only by traditional Colombian homes, but films which houses come alive, like Beetlejuice. There you go. Yeah. I think it's interesting that they they said, you know, capable and imperfect for Mirabelle, not just clumsy. Because Which we is see, something that you notice about oh, the previous heroines. You know what? It's they, just such they a They start class- off dorky and clumsy. Oh, and It's just a classic female character trope. But you see it all the time that the girl, to, to make her relatable, she has to fall over things all the time, which is yeah. ridiculous because who does that? Yeah. No one does that. Well, you that. do sometimes. Oh, well, you know, I fell for you. Oh. oh. You know what? <laughs> I didn't catch you. <laughs> well, you see that with like Anna from Frozen. Yeah, yeah. She's like falling over things and knocking things over. Yeah. It's like no one does that. Not to the extent that we see characters in no. in movies do it. No. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Anyway, mm. moving on. <laughs> um, did you want to say something? No, no, no. Yeah, go on. Fun fact number four, the conversation between Abuela and Mirabelle. Oh, first, before I go into this fact, I'm going to mention not only am I Australian, but I'm also very, very white. So I'm probably going to mispronounce a few words (laughs) in the next thing I'm going to say, right? Okay, so the conversation between Abuela and Mirabelle towards the end of the movie happens in a multicolored river. So although it seems more like a visual element of the movie, the fact is that such a place in Colombia actually exists. It's called, and now this is my going to be my butchering of this word, uh, I think it's Caño Cristals, and it is one of the most beautiful places in the country. It is located in the department of Meta inside a remote national park, and although it can be visited, a special permit is needed and only a few people are allowed to visit mm. each year to keep it nice and pristine. There you go. Yeah, because it does look like something that doesn't really exist, but... 
It's there. Yeah, okay. It's really there. Interesting. All right, fun fact number five. The film is deliberately vague as to the time frame in which it was set, but drew inspiration from early 20th century Colombia. At the beginning of the 20th century, the country endured the Thousand Days War, which Mm. resulted in the populations of entire villages fleeing to save themselves, Mm. as depicted in the film. Um, We will talk about timelines and time frames later on in the movie because... That's my only criticism is that I've got some questions. (laughs) (laughs) I have some questions about things. (laughs) All right. Fun fact number six. Bruno was originally named Oscar, but his name was changed to better fit the song lyrics. We don't talk about Bruno. No, no. We don't talk about Oscar. Nah. (laughs) It's not as good. Fun fact number seven. Encanto's soundtrack went viral and topped the US Billboard 200 chart with the song We Don't Talk About Bruno reaching number four on the Billboard Hot 100 and becoming the first Disney song to reach number one in the United Kingdom. Really? Mm -hmm. Wow. It's it's a smash. Yeah. Smash hit. Um, And fun fact number... See, I would have thought like Circle of Life would have got up there. Apparently not. Back in the day. Apparently not. There you go. I think it's... Do you reckon it's easier or harder to get to number one now? Maybe it's easier because we have streaming services and mm. whereas before you would have had to go out and buy a CD. Yeah, true. And now you can just listen to something a thousand times. Yeah. And pump it up the charts. Mm. I don't know about that. I don't know. Yeah. Anyone at home can tell us? We'd love to know. Yeah. All right. And fun fact number eight, Mirabelle is the first main Disney animated female character to wear glasses. Glasses. That was one of my things I was going to talk about. Was it? All yeah. right. Well, do you want to start with that? Off you no, go. No. Well, yeah, no. What, I mean, as a, as a way to make her different from other female characters mm-hmm. in Disney movies, giving her glasses. Brilliant. Her dad wears glasses. And you have to watch, if you watch closely, so... You know, you viewers out there, when you watch this movie, if you haven't already, or if you go back to watch it, pay attention to her glasses because obviously the glasses reflect light. They reflect what, you know, other things around around her. So we see this right throughout the movie, this real clever way of um, depicting, you know, because they are glass. Mm-hmm. You know, you essentially can't see the glass. You can only see the reflection of things. So light um shadow other characters and it's it's really very clever and it kind of reminds me i suppose of um like toy story mm-hmm. in a way where a lot of their surfaces are smooth and reflect light and reflect um shapes around them mm-hmm. so in terms of their um their animation and computer generated imagery imagery they've got to really think cleverly about what are those things that are around them that are going to reflect off that surface? Mm-hmm. And I love it. I think it's just really cool. Yeah, it is really cool. And the animation in this movie is beautiful. Yeah. It's it's almost Pixar worthy. <laughs> <laughs> it's all, it's so good that it's almost Pixar. Yeah, so this is just straight out of Disney mm-hmm. Studios. Yeah, Disney yeah. Animation Studios. Like, I don't think you would, you would even question that. No. Um, you know, when we sat down to watch it the first time, you know, you couldn't go, oh, that's not, no, that's not Pixar. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, anything like that because it was so brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in terms of the animation, I don't think I noticed anything that was sort of out of the ordinary. No. It all looked really, you know, really kind of well-structured. You know, the, the there was nothing in the animation of it that, yeah, you, you questioned the way people moved or, you know, no. colour choices That's or anything like that. That's not the thing in this like movie that, that I question. 
<laughs> well, it's it's a good movie when you don't have to stop and question some of the, you know, some of the animation. No, no, it's, you know, it's it's beautiful, and especially um, if we're talking about uh, the the characters and the family, especially Camillo and the way that he moves through his different characters because mm. Camillo has the shape shifting ability, yep. and he's able to move, and he moves so seamlessly and quickly through you know, dozens and dozens of characters throughout yep. the movie. Mm. And it's just, it's so beautiful. It's so fluid and, and yeah. beautiful. And you mentioned earlier on about, you know, is being a movie a lot about use, the use of a lot of color. Mm-hmm. And it really does that really punchy colors. And, you know, it's, um, it, it's sort of something we see often in movies where, you know, each color, each character will have its uh, their own color kind of palette. Well, each family has their own color yeah. palette in this, and um, and so we definitely see that in this is very bright. But we also see that um, during um, a lot of the um, songs, mm-hmm. um, there's like a, a dream sequence kind of situation mm-hmm. where you know things are are, are not sort of um, what's the best word? They're kind of unnatural mm-hmm. in the way that they're presented, but they're they're also nifty. You know, nifty. <laughs> yeah, they really kind of, you know, they they capture a certain um, feeling and a certain kind of you know, vibrancy and mm-hmm. expression. Yeah. I really, yeah, I love it. What's the what's the the song that has all the um the flowers in it? I can't remember that one. It's called. Oh, what else can I do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's brilliant in the way that that moves. You mm-hmm. know, and as uh, she sings the lyrics, those those different elements are coming in from from around her. And let's watch it again. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I yeah. just want to. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, and there is you'll you'll find there's a few songs in here that you'll want to just go back and watch the songs. Yeah, they're really good. Every song is a banger. Mm. We talked last week when we talked about um, Tarzan how there's no bad songs in that. That mm. every song is so good, and um, it's the same same in this. Every mm. song is so so good. I think though, like for me, one of the differences contrasting to Tarzan is that a lot of those songs are just in the background. Oh yeah, uh, you know. As you have like, um, you know, a sequence of, you know, events or something like that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, oh, what do you call it? A montage. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas in this, it's kind of like... It's a main storytelling. It's a main storytelling yeah. device, yeah, but absolutely. it's also like everything else stops and, you know, the action of the whole movie stops to sort of focus on this one mm-hmm. concept, this one moment. And it's yeah. usually to do with, yeah, it's each character, I think, each character pretty much has a their own song. In um, oh, in yeah. Well, the the all three sisters. The all three sisters. All do. three sisters yeah. have a song. Mm. Yeah. All right. So shall we talk about where, where do you want to even start with this? Do we talk about the characters? We start the movie with Abuela telling the story of how they came to be at the casita. She's uh, telling yes. Mirabel, a very young Mirabel, who's you know very little, about how they came to be there and um. And you know how her husband her husband is dead in the first minute of this yeah. movie horrifically, and that the candle became this magic flame that can't mm. go out. So she really gave her the very um, kid friendly version yeah. of the story of how they came to be there. And of course, we do get a far more in depth version of the story later on. Yeah. So we get two montages, I think, in this movie, we and do. one of them is at the start, yep. both about Abuela yep. and her um, past and her history. Both about the same thing, but from very different viewpoints. What's really interesting to note is it does start off very dramatic. And in in the um, opening credits, it says, PG, mild sense of peril. And that's 
been put in by Disney Plus, mm-hmm. I suppose. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it was on the original movie, um, mm-hmm. but we we had a bit of a chuckle about that because I don't think we've That's ever seen. That's not one I've seen before. We've never seen it before. We've seen um, tobacco uh, depictions. <laughs> we've seen all sorts yeah. of things, but never a mild sense of peril. No, uh, or stylized violence or something like that. Yeah. It'll say, but we, yeah, never a mild sense of peril. And we thought, oh, this is really really interesting choice of words, mm-hmm. you know, because. Right throughout the movie, there's all of these moments where there is a mild sense of peril. Yeah, there's good And it's suspense. like, I know you've got to, mate, what, it just sort of strikes me as a bit odd is that they have to let people know that there's going to be a mild sense of peril. I mean, there, I don't know of any good stories that are worth spending an hour and a half to two hours watching that don't have... A mild sense of peril. A, a peril that is, yeah, uh, you know, like there's, a, there's something at stake. There's something yeah. that could be lost. There's something that's dramatic and mm-hmm. and dire you know you don't have a good story without those elements in it yeah because you need to have that sort of solution resolution sort of thing happening mm-hmm. you know where that or the with the characters push through against the odds so yeah i just we thought it was funny and then throughout the movie there was moments where we kind of looked at each other and went oh well, mild sense of peril, peril. <laughs> mild sense of peril. <laughs> so yes you will definitely experience a mild sense of peril mm. and we do start with that with the with sort of the hundred years war type of thing thousand, yeah. thousand, thousand days year, war thousand days war a thousand years that's a lot of years <laughs> to be at war thousand um, days war yeah and it's it's kind of it's a very sad way to start but mm. they make that point of the candle that could never go out yeah. and you're like ooh oh, I bet I know where this is going. (laughs) That's going to come back later. Yep. Um, And right from the start when uh, Mirabelle's introducing her family Mm. through the absolute banger of a song, The Family Madrigal, Welcome to the Family Madrigal, we get the the question repeatedly asked, what is Mirabelle's power? What is Mirabelle's power? Of all the the kids in the the town asking her, repeating, what is your power? What is your power? Until we get... Dolores dropping the truth bomb of yeah. she didn't get one. Mm. Because everybody in the family who was born, who's Madrigal blood, yeah. um, has a... A special has gift. Has a power, has a gift. That they get when they're fairly young. When they come... They say... Um, Abuela says when they come of come age, of which age. is about five. Yeah. Which seems really young to be coming of age. Yeah, because usually coming of age refers to sort of a te- early teenage yeah. years. Yeah. No, mm. these these are people are real little when uh, when they come of age. <laughs> Maybe that's what it was like back in Colombia back in those days. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe you just came um, of age earlier. Yeah, so we have yeah. we have Isabella who uh, can create flowers. Yeah. And she's beautiful. like Yeah, she's beautiful. She's the perfect one. She's the perfect number one, yeah. Yeah, she's the one. perfect golden child, yeah. says Mirabelle. Mm. Um Louisa has the super strength. And we oh, we see we see a, like a definite tension between those two characters. Yeah. Like you know, most of the time there because, you know, that comes into play later on in the in the plot. Yeah. Uh, Louisa has the super strength mm. um, and then and they're Mirabelle's si- siblings. Her, yep. Mirabelle's mum has the power to um, heal you with a meal, which I think is just really beautiful because that's such a motherly power for her mm. to have is to be able to heal, heal whatever ailments you have with yeah. food. Um, and then her aunt... Pepper, who controls the weather. Dolores, who can still yeah. be hearing. Camilla, who and, shapeshifts. And the weather. And, and, hang on, go back to the weather. Yep. The auntie. Pepper. Yeah, yeah, so she controls the weather, mm-hmm. generally speaking. But 
it's also connected to her own personal emotions. Oh yeah. So when she's angry, oh, it's her like mood raining. The and, yeah, that's a her better way. Yeah. Yeah. So we we often throughout the movie see like a cloud with rain o- o- directly over her head. Yeah. You know, as a sign of her being in distress. Yeah. Yeah, and it's quite. She's, she's quite very comical. emotional. Yeah. Bless her little heart. Yeah. Um, and then Antonio at the start of the movie, we don't know what his power is, what his gift is going to little be. Little Antonio. Um, and the last Sarah. Oh, and then Bruno, but we don't talk about Bruno. Mm. So the last, I was going to say sorting ceremony, but that's the wrong <laughs> thing. Um, the last uh, gift ceremony yeah. uh, was Mirabelle's, and of course she didn't, she didn't get a gift. Yeah. And so it, she spends the movie mm. completely overcompensating for that fact. Yeah. She's such a people pleaser. She's always trying to make her family proud and help, and I can do things. I can contribute um, as a you know a way of overcompensating for the fact that she's devastated mm. that she didn't get a gift and no one knows why we no one guesses like no one mm. understands why she wouldn't get one and we see later on you know when it kind of focuses in on exactly the her recollection of that that moment of not receiving the gift we also see the candle kind of flicker mm-hmm. and you know it, her for door this candle disappears for it's this, horrific yeah for the candle that could never go out this is yeah. kind of really ominous you know. And a Abuela's kind of um, what's the word? Shitting bricks. <laughs> <laughs> that is the exact word to use in this. She's situation. really worried yeah. that the family's going to run out of magic, mm. and it's kind of interesting because you know she she sort of ties it back to the fact that they use their gifts to help all the people in the village. That, yeah, you know, do what you do best. That's what she tells them. Do yeah. what you do best. Yeah, and you know this this is this is good and bad. You mm. know this. This means that, you know, it, there's kind of this sense of if you have a special gift, then you have value. Mm-hmm. And this is the contention with Mirabella. Um, Mirabelle. Mirabelle. Is that she doesn't have a special gift. So is she worthy of their love and, you know, appreciation mm. just by being her? Or um, or is she only worth what she can provide to her family and her community? Yeah. And this is, you know, this is an interesting thing because there are a lot of big families that have these these kind of strained dynamics, mm-hmm. you know. So I really like that it's kind of, you know, obviously there's a magical element to it, but there's a real human element to the way, the dynamics of the family and the fact that, you know, you know, in real life there there are some family members that that have special talent special gift it could be just that you're a friggin motor mechanic yeah and everybody wants you to fix their car yeah you know, that's what that's your value to the family mm-hmm. you know um or you're really good at baking so everyone wants you to bake for them that's your like your your value is that's tied up do. with that thing you could provide them but if you can't do a thing then, you know, sometimes people feel left out. They feel... Or if the thing know, that you could do, you can't do anymore. Yeah. Which is the battle that Louisa has. Through, mm. Like, she has this gift and she's so valued and she she has all this pressure on her to be yeah. um, available and, and do all the things that her community needs her to do. And then when she... And you don't... You, you get the sense that she doesn't want it. We don't get the sense. It's really clear that she doesn't want all that pressure on her all the time. But the minute that that goes away, mm. that her her gift is not there anymore, she has a full meltdown. Yep. Because now I don't have that value. Yep. I'm just like Mirabelle now. Yeah, I've got nothing. You know, I've got I nothing. What do gift. I? What do I contribute yeah. now if I can't? If yeah. I can't carry the donkeys. Yeah. That's yeah, right. it's yeah, it's it's a really interesting and and that kind psychological of psychological thing that comes out in that really wonderful song 
about the pressure. Surface pressure, yeah. such a great song. It's such a terrific modern song, you know. Do you want to sing it for us? Pressure like a drip, drip, drip that'll never stop. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> and it's got this, din, 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 yeah. din, and it's like, yeah, it's it's a really great, really great song, and I just love how deep her voice is. <laughs> yeah, I think that it's really interesting that it's the female character in this movie that has that super strength. Mm. Yeah, um, it's not given to you know one of the. I suppose there's only one other male character that uh, one other male cousin, except mm. for Antonio, but he's real little. Um, that I think it's yeah, it's really interesting that Louise has got this because I think that it's a it's very metaphorical of um, the role that daughters play in families mm. and that they have this they have this pressure on them to keep the family together mm. and I think that that plays out really well with Louisa mm. and to to handle all the burdens and it's just a physical representation of the mental burdens mm. that a lot of daughters carry yeah. in families. I just think it's really cool. There's two characters there that, that we're looking at a picture of the family. <laughs> Just to, to jog our memory. And what's, who's, who's missing? Bruno. We don't talk about Bruno. We don't talk about Bruno. No. We poor guy didn't even get in the photo. I'm sure he's uh, not <laughs> somewhere. No, he didn't even get in the photo. I might have to type in um, Encanto cast photo with Bruno. With Bruno. Oh, there um, won't be one. <laughs> but there, but Mirabelle's dad doesn't have any powers. No, because he married into the family. He married into the family. And also one of her uncles. Yeah, who, who Pepper's husband. Yeah, who's married in. Do you know what's interesting though? Because there's mm-hmm. still the family Madrigal, which would mean that the husbands would have taken the wives' names instead of the other way around. Mm, quite possibly. But they're still the family Madrigal. Mm, yep. I wonder. Mm. We haven't talked yet about the house. Oh, Casita. Casita the house. And we see right from very early on this this family um, magic has extended to the house mm-hmm. and it's a big kind of almost like a mansion. It's always changing too. Yeah. It changes around. And and Casita is a character of its own. Absolutely. So, you know, if you want to talk about how many characters they had to kind of animate, now they've got a house that can do all these weird and different things, can move things around to help people, to play with people. Yeah. Like it's it's, its own um, character, its own personality. Yeah. It's good yeah. fun. So when the house starts to crumble after Antonio gets his gift, mm. when Mirabelle's the only one that can see the cracks forming in the house and after she sings her big song, um, her her ingenue song, her I want song, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, Waiting on a Miracle, which mm. is so beautiful. And the way that it plays out, it's, you know, everybody else is frozen and all moving in real slow motion mm. and she's moving normally and moving through them. And all I could think throughout this entire, during this number, Waiting on a Miracle and in We Don't Talk About Bruno when they're in the kitchen and they're moving the plates around and moving around each yeah. other at the table, all I could think was this would make a brilliant musical because the the visual element of those numbers is very um, theatrical, very Broadway yeah. musical. It's very non-naturalistic. It's very, you know, mm. the, the dance, the, the choreography. And I know it's hard to, it's weird to say choreography when we're talking about an animated, an animated movie, but it's so clear that whoever was in charge of animating this or however they storyboarded this, this person has got a real... Um, love or, or knowledge of, of musical theatre because it's very much that. Yeah. That way that it's done. It's like um, it's um, like in Hamilton when they, they go backwards yeah. and then they, they replay the same thing. Um, 
mm. with satisfied and helpless with that that whole double thing of, of that whole double eye to creative choreography that's what it yeah, is yeah it really yeah. is it's it's incredible um and i think that that's that's interesting too because uh, it's antonio's gets his gift mm-hmm. but they in the immediate lead up to that there's this real tension of will he get the gift or not Dun, dun, because dun. now we know that not getting a gift is a possibility. And he's and he's really kind of troubled by this. And he's actually got Mirabelle by his side helping him out. And we sort of see through this, you know, series of events that Mirabelle's actually really one of her strengths, even if it's not a, a quote, magical gift, mm-hmm. you know, one of her strengths is her ability to connect with people mm-hmm. and support them. And so she supports Antonio through this process of receiving his gift. And, you know, he gets the gift of communicating, communicating with, animals. with animals, which is something that um, we saw, you know, in the lead up to it. You know, he's given a little um, a leopard. Jaguar. I don't know if it's a leopard. Yeah. Uh, spotty cat. <laughs> yeah, spotty cat. Leopard has spots. It looks spots, like a leopard, yeah. Like a little toy from Mirabelle. Yeah. And so he receives his gifts and there's this big, yeah, big sort of celebration and they all get into a photo um, together, almost, you know, like it was sort of, yeah, they're all excited, but then Mirabelle's in the background. And then, yeah, that's probably one of my favourite moments of the movie is that what you described is that she sings this song and everything's moving in slow motion except for her. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just such a poignant moment of the movie that... I feel like they've done, they did a really good job to make a lot of these key moments different from each other in yeah. the way they play out. Yeah. And yeah, that's a, a really beautiful moment because you have things like explosions of color. And uh, I think it was like that from taking the photo, the, the flash, flash yeah. goes off and you see all these sparks moving across the room in slow motion. Yeah. And she walks around. And you've got Isabella's flowers coming out of her hand yeah, in slow motion. Yeah. And it's just, yeah. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah. And she's singing about all the things that she can't do. Mm. You know, I can't move the mountains. You know, I can't hear what whatever she sings. Um, and that how she's just waiting on a miracle. Mm. And it's just, it's heartbreaking. Because she's so, she's so young. And, you know, she would have had that PTSD from her... I just want to say sorting ceremony. I keep wanting to say it. <laughs> From her uh, Hogwarts, gift honey. Cer- I know. Her um, gift ceremony. Yeah. Uh, or lack of gift ceremony. Where she walked up to the door and the door disappeared. Yeah. Like it- and she turns around with a bewildered looks on, look on her face. And it everyone's looking at her like... Horrifying. Well, yeah. In front of the whole town. Yes. You know, like, but she still yeah. walked with Antonio up to the door. Yep. And so she's got a, a courage she's, yeah. um, that we that we might not see in other characters. Mm-hmm. She's got a yeah, a braveness. Like they've they've embraced their gifts and it makes them special in that way. But it's it's a much braver thing for her to have no gift and still still serve her community. Yeah, like you don't need a gift no. to serve and to be a member of your family and to no. you know, be a part of your community. Um, so when all the, the cracks start to appear in the house and she rushes back and Isabella's... No, that's not then. It's Antonio's gift ceremony. Isabella's getting engaged to later. Yeah. Um, and she's, you know, freaking out going, they're the house, the house, the candle went out and the yeah. house is cracking. And they all rush and, and, of course, they can't see any of that anymore no. and it's not there. And you're like, was it a vision, a premonition? Yeah. Um, we're not sure. Is she going 
bad, baddie crazy. Yeah, well, that's um, it. But then she says, I will save the miracle, you yeah. know, and it's this really yeah. interesting thing that she takes it on board herself. Yeah. I'm going to save the miracle. Yeah, and we find out that during that time, Louisa felt weak. Mm. Just a little weak. And we find, yeah, we find that out because Dolores, Dolores tells her. Yeah. And that's when, you know, she sings a song that was surface pressure. And they, you know, they work out that they've got to go and she's got to go and talk to Bruno. Yeah. Who we don't talk about. So we didn't even mm. know that Bruno was still around. Yeah. Um, but she's going to go to Bruno's tower and she's going to go and get the vision. Yeah. Because Bruno had a vision about, so she's not going to go talk to him. Sorry, my mistake. She's going to find the vision. Yeah. That Bruno had. So up she trots to the tower mm. um, and she finds all the pieces of the, the vision, which I think is really interesting. The fact that the pieces of the, the vision are green and you know mm. that Disney loves a green villain. Yeah. Whenever you see a villain, it's green. Yeah. There's, you know, green smoke or green magic yeah, or whatever. Green mist. And we have this green vision, which is cannot be an accident. Mm. It cannot, but there's no way it can be an accident. And so it's already setting Bruno up to be the villain of the... To be the well, villain yeah, of the movie. Well, yeah, don't know that he's... We think that this is Bruno's doing, you know. Yeah. Bruno must be causing all this trouble. Um, and when she sees the vision, the vision is of her, uh, which is shocking yeah. Yeah. to her. She sees herself in the vision with the crumbling house. Mm. But they, they've got this... It's really clever that um, it's like one of those... Uh, what do they call the holographic images? Yeah. That we used to have where, you know, you... you it's a picture of someone's face smiling and then you move it a bit and it's a skeleton, mm-hmm. you know. So it's a bit like that when, when she moves it, you can see the house crack and then when she moves it back, it, it's not cracked anymore. And, yeah. But she's in the centre of it. But we don't, And we don't know what it means. So we know that she's the key to something, but so, we don't know whether it's going to be good or bad. So what does she have to do? She needs to talk about Bruno mm. because this is Bruno's vision. We don't talk about oh, Bruno. What a, what a song. What a song. That is Lin-Manuel Miranda's finest work. Yeah. I'm going to say, I know he wrote Hamilton and all that <laughs> sort of stuff, but that, that song is yeah. incredible. It's so Could good. Could we play a soundbite? I like, don't think I so. Like I think we that we, I think that we might get in trouble. <laughs> I don't. But you know what? Just head on over to Spotify or YouTube. And, we'll put a link in the comments. Yeah, section. we'll put a, we'll put a link in the in the show notes to it. Uh, if you haven't watched it, it's just it's just so good. And mm. as she's you know talking, you know, we really need to talk about Bruno. She you know talks to who do who's the one that tells her that Bruno had the vision or that Bruno's still there. No one? No, she follows the mice. She does. Oh, because but I've got like... The mice come and collect the shattered pieces of mm-hmm. the vision. Yeah. And then they trot off and she follows the mice because they're following like in a little in a little line mm-hmm. around the corner and up the hallway and they disappear behind a painting and that's when she goes back and discovers... That Bruno's living in the walls. Yeah, he's a hobo living in the walls. And he's like, he's, he's gone crazy because he's had no one to talk to and he's got all these visions and he does all these like superstitious things, not, knocks yeah. on the wood and like throws salt over his shoulder and everything. He's like super superstitious. Mm. So as we get to know the character of Bruno through mm. this sort of introduction, we learn very quickly that this is not a villain. No. <laughs> this is not someone we need to be worried about. And that he's been, yeah, he's been living in the walls this whole time. With the mice. With the mice. Uh, well, which I suppose we, we sort of know because Camillo says, you know, rats along his back. Mm. When we, during, we don't talk about Bruno. Yep. And that, you know, 
um, Dolores associates him with the sound of falling sand, yeah. which we see in the in his little vision room. I think, and, and Bruno says, you're exactly what this family needs, which mm. is uh, you know, a point in the show where we, where we know it's a positive thing that yep. Mirabelle's trying to search for these answers. Yeah, and we see, like, probably it's probably one of the saddest moments in the, the movie when sort of he leaves and, and she sees that he's made his own little table Mm. He's little. He's drawn a plate with his name on it, and if you look through the crack in the wall where he is, he's in the kitchen. So he's been having dinner with them, yeah, or meals with them every night, and just been sitting there and away from everyone. Which I suppose that's why Mirabelle and him get along, because she is a bit actually outcast. outcast from. He's outcast himself from the yeah. family. He's withdrawn himself, whereas she's still in the family, and she's. Well, you've kind of got. She's he's got a gift which has been perceived as being bad for everybody. Yeah, and you know he's been ostracized, Mm -hmm. and and she doesn't have a gift which is almost as bad as having a bad gift. Yeah, you know it's worse. Yeah, (laughs) it's worse. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um. So he needs to have another vision because she needs to know what she needs to do to fix this. Mm. Because she's convinced that she can fix it. Um, and in the vision, we see that she needs to hug her sister, mm. which is the worst possible thing that he could have told her she needed to do, um, yeah. is go in and embrace Isabella. Yep. Because, yeah, she's ruined her. She's ruined her engagement um, in the We Don't Talk About Bruno yeah. song. You know, she, it's just all been, it's all been chaos, and there's a lot of tension, like you said earlier, between those two characters, um, which is broken down when... She sort of opens her eyes to the fact that when Mirabelle opens Isabel's eyes to the fact that she doesn't need to be perfect. Mm, yep. So that's what Isabella's song is about. It's about how she's got all this pressure as well, just like Louisa does, to be perfect all yeah. the time. And sometimes she doesn't want to be perfect. And she, she just wants a, to create. She sings a brilliant song about yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, which is another very catchy song. Oh, every song yeah. is good. And I've said it before, but I'll say it again. It's all good. Um, yeah. Yeah, she begins to... Isabel begins to sort of explore her creative side, creating these weird plants and sticky cactuses and stuff like mm, that. Yeah. And she she makes the town go different colours, you know. Yeah. It's not um, the typical roses beautiful that it, she's... Yeah been expected to provide for the town it's yeah. these weird and wacky like succulents succulents <laughs> which i love i know you uh, do <laughs> but even her costume changes her she's yeah. got all these splashes of color it goes really dark and she's got all these like like she's gone through color run or something and someone's thrown yeah. big packets of color on yeah her. yeah it's kind of like the color run sort of stuff yeah, yeah that Mm, colour yeah. festival yeah vibe absolutely which is great um and abella gets i wrote abella gets pissed yeah <laughs> she they gets, have a huge confrontation yeah. Abella and Mirabelle after this because massive argument this is not what Isabella's role is no she's defying what her role is and it's because of Mirabelle Mirabelle's just causing trouble yeah in Abuela's eyes yeah and as they have this massive confrontation the house I wrote crumbles. the house shits itself absolutely um yeah. and I wrote MSOP what does that mean Mild sense of peril. Oh, okay. <laughs> of course, mild sense of peril. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The house starts to crumble. It crumbles crack and... around Mirabelle, like yeah. she's right in the middle, and it just crumbles yep. around. Everyone gets out except her. And, but, but she goes. He just still saves she, her. Yeah, she goes back to for the candle. She sees that the candles yeah. are going to blow out. Yeah, and she's the only one that goes for it. You mm-hmm. know, like everyone's looking after themselves. She's trying to save the family. Yeah. So she's taking this huge weight of responsibility on her own hands mm-hmm. and enters that 
the house and uh, as it's falling down around her, grabs the candle, but unfortunately she survives. Yeah. And we also see um, Bruno um, sneak out the window. Yeah. Yeah. He sneaks away. Oh, but because you find out earlier that Bruno has been patching the cracks in the house. So the Mm. house has been cracking for a while by the looks of things because Bruno's been fixing it from the Mm. inside. Yep. Um, that just you couldn't see it on the outside, yeah. which is just another beautiful moment of the similarities between him and Mirabelle, and and also the you know the the metaphor which we commonly use to describe there being underlying problems yeah. is you know the, the the cracks begin to surface, yeah. um, and so you know it's it's a you know a literal use of that metaphor, mm-hmm. which is really cool, yeah, and so the candle blows out. Which is mm-hmm. exactly what the candle was not supposed to be able to do. Yeah. And Mirabelle leaves. Takes off. Yeah, she can't be around everybody. She thinks she's ruined everything. Yeah, this is, you know. this is her fault. Well, it pretty much says it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is your fault. Yeah, so she takes off and... You know, why couldn't you just leave it? Yeah. yeah. And so Abuela finds her at the river. And up until this point, we're like, mm. oh, Abuela's a bitch. <laughs> like, she makes herself... This whole movie, Abuela, mm. is so unlikable. This whole movie. She's mm. just cold. She's distant. She's clearly got some sort of issue with Mirabelle and the fact that Mirabelle yeah. doesn't have powers. It's just, yeah, she makes herself so unlikable. So yeah. it's just... You're just like, oh, my gosh. And Mirabelle's so likable yeah. and so charming. And yeah, so. And I think it's, you know, th- this is a moment where they meet at the river, and this happens to be the exact spot where, you know, um, Abuela received the candle whilst watching her husband presumably being murdered. Yeah. And this is like the whole start of the, the story, you know. Yeah. Coming full circle and. Montage um, number two yeah. of the movie. <laughs> um, and so we see that, you know, Abuela. She seems always seemed like she has a chip on her shoulder, and you go, well, there's a good reason for that. You know, generational. She's trauma. Generational PTSD. Yeah, Yeah. and this, you know, this poor woman. We see, we see in the montage, her future husband, Mm. the wedding, them fall in love, the the having the babies, and then we say, I'm going to cry because it's so horrific. Um, we see, you know, the moment that he kisses the kids and her goodbye mm. and it's just killed like it's awful yeah. sorry listeners i cry all the time you know <laughs> um it's just horrible it's horrific yeah um and then we you know we forgive abuela of everything that's happened she's <laughs> absolved of her sins she's absolved of everything in that moment because you because she, understand yeah, her yeah we understand her mirabelle understands her yeah you know these this is a story that's not been told before no. Probably to anyone. Yeah. And so you see why Abuela can come across as cold. And I kind of think, like, is this someone's mum, like, at Disney? Is this is this, yeah, is this someone writing about their mum? Yeah. Are they getting their own PTSD? <laughs> out, on the, maybe. Out, you know, they're projecting. Like, you know, is Lin-Manuel Miranda's well, didn't mum write like the, that? <laughs> he didn't read he write the music, not the not this. Um, but you're like, yeah, this is definitely got to be modelled around someone's story. But this is Having like, such a cold, you know. This is everybody's family story. Yeah. Maybe not this exact thing. But this is every, like, every family has... It's relatable. Yeah, every family has the black sheep, the one we don't talk about. Every yeah. family has, you know, well, it's the int- matriarch, the one that's in charge and that yeah. everybody admires and looks to. Yeah. You know, it, this is such a relatable family dynamic. Yeah. 
And yeah, it's, it's just interesting so good. though. Abuelo herself doesn't have any special gift. No, she has the candle. She's mm-hmm. the custodian of the candle. Yeah, which you know that magic then goes down the generations. But she herself is actually far more like Mirabelle than you know she could ever mm-hmm. admit. Yeah, because neither of them have the magic gift themselves. Yet they feel the responsibility to take care of the whole family. Yeah, um, and if you have a look closely, what do you notice? On Abuela's dress. Oh, she has the butterfly. butterfly as well. She has the butterfly. So there's those little connections. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when the butterfly is actually a symbol that comes up at, yeah. this, at this end. You know, it, it's it was part of the Bruno's vision. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a butterfly in there. Um, and then it also, you know, at the end when they're at the river reconciling, um, they get surrounded by... A beautiful sea of butterflies. Yeah. yeah. Bruno chooses this moment to turn up as well on the oh, horse. Yeah. <laughs> like pulling off the horse yeah. and everything to come and explain to Abuela that it's not Mirabelle's fault. Yeah. That she didn't cause this. Um, and this is the first time that Abuela has seen her son in, you know, decades possibly. And we see that moment of Bruno realising this. Yeah. Of him turning up and then being in front of his mum who has, you know, presumably been part of the reason that he's been so ostracized Mm. and instead of she doesn't even say anything she just gives him a hug yeah you know it's just really nice (laughs) it's a really nice end and then abuela sings the song the miracle is you Mm. and i'm gonna cry again (laughs) (laughs) so they return back to the house and you know they don't have a special candle as their symbol for their family's gifts anymore but in the process of rebuilding the house uh, together as a family and as a community, the community come to help them for yeah. once instead of them helping the community. Yeah. So, um, you know, they build it together and they hand uh, Mirabelle um, a beautiful little door handle. Because they built her a door. To, to fi- yeah, to finish to finish off the house. Yeah. They built her a door as the front door, the entrance. Yeah. And she opens, she um, turns the, the handle and all the magic comes flooding back to them. To the house. Yeah. yeah. And Bruno's accepted back into the family. Mm. Everyone's happy to see him. And it's just, it's just a beautiful, beautiful story. Mm. The magic is restored. Mm. We sort of, there's that message that everybody has value. Everyone's part, you know, part of a family. And yeah. you don't have to have a special gift to be special. Mm. The miracle is inside of you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's just so good. It's so good. <laughs> the movie's so good. Um, but I do have one problem. Yep. <laughs> one small. It's actually. It's. It's only. It was only after after I'd watched it three times and I started to think about it that I went. I don't understand the timeline of the the Bruno timeline. Mm. Right. Because in the song, we don't talk about Bruno. They talk about all what Bruno's told them. Yeah. All the. Prophecies, you know, and, and the the, in, the implication during this song is that Mirabelle does not remember Bruno. Mm. She doesn't remember him. Uh, that's why she has to go and ask about him. So presumably she was quite young when Bruno disappeared. Yeah. Now I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Mirabelle is, uh, I don't know, 15? Maybe yeah, 14, in, this, in this movie. 14, 15. 14, 15. So it's been about 10 years since her since her uh, gift ceremony mm. went awry. Yeah. Isabella, maybe in 21. Yep. Maybe. 
right? So if Mirabelle does not remember Bruno at all, mm. she would have had to have been younger than her gift ceremony, I would assume. Five-year-olds mm. remember people, right? So that means that Isabella was maybe eight when mm-hmm. Bru- Isabella and Dolores, who were assuming are around the same age, yep. you know, and the, the prophecies that Bruno told them just don't make sense to me that he would have told this little young child, Dolores, the man of your dreams will be engaged to someone else and you're going to be miserable. Yeah. Like that's a, who says that yeah. <laughs> to a child? It's like, I don't understand how everybody remembers Bruno. Yeah. But not Mirabelle, when the the age difference in all of them is not that much. Mm. So I just don't understand how long Bruno has been gone for. Mm. What do we think? Unless unless the girls, their sisters, are older than we think. Maybe. That's possible. It's the only way it makes sense is if they are... If they're in their mid-twenties or something. Yeah. Because I would say that Louise is in her late teens. Yeah. And then Isabella is in her early 20s. And Dolores would be in her early 20s. Camilo's probably just a little bit older than Mirabelle. Yep. Maybe a year or two. Yeah. Not much older Not much. than her. And yeah, so I just I just don't understand the, the time frame here. And we get the, the impression that Bruno's been gone a long time. Yeah. Not, you know, six or seven years. Like a lot, like 20 years. Mm-hmm. But then that doesn't make sense in the timeline. Like I just, no. I don't understand. So maybe I'm just thinking too far into it. Maybe, maybe we, what we could do is we could go back and watch the movie Again. with the specific purpose of trying to look trying at to work where out the timeline. Bruno is in those scenes. Yeah. Like I don't remember off the top of my head, but when Mirabelle did her no gift ceremony, yeah, um, is he there? What, is he there in the background? Oh, that's a good I, question. That would be a, that would be a good clue. We'd oh, have to look for that because yes. I don't remember seeing him. No, I don't remember but, seeing him either. But if we looked, we might he find that he was there. Yeah, because because um, at that point we don't know about Bruno. Yeah, so but then yeah, he could be hiding in the background. He could very well be hiding in the background because yeah, like she she doesn't really recall Bruno, and it's like well, she must have been really young then. Yeah. You know, if she's been scarred by this no gift ceremony and the door disappearing, yeah, then she would have been old enough to remember Bruno if he was there. I would think so. You know, so mm, interesting. Know. If anybody at home has got an answer, if you can clear up the timeline for me, yeah, that'd be great. Yep. Maybe it's in some Disney blog somewhere. Maybe. Um, <laughs> can someone get Lin Manuel Miranda on there the phone for me? There might be some fan fan friction. Fan friction. Fran friction. <laughs> Some fran friction. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so um, what do we think about this movie? How many um, enchanted candles oh, do you give it? Oh, that's a good one. How many enchanted candles would I give it? Yeah. I'm going to put right up there. Um, I'm going to go nine. Nine enchanted candles. That's a great score. Yeah, and the reason why I would go with nine is... Mirabella's glasses, that's the first thing I wrote on my list. <laughs> yep. You know, like it's it, it's subtle, but at time, it's just so really good. Mm-hmm. It's um, just so really so, good. <laughs> it's just so really good. Um, yeah, get onto it. The music, a mm-hmm. real fiesta kind of sound to it. You know, it had that Colombian sort of feel, mm-hmm. but then also modern enough to carry those special songs, those character songs. Mm-hmm. Clever, modern lyrics, uh, which, you know, we know who's responsible for that sort Mm -hmm. of stuff. The stylized color, bright, punchy colors. I love that. I love that color palette. Yeah. You know, it's my kind of thing. 
and each of the characters had you know their own unique gifts which were kind of quirky um but you know interesting at the same time and i you know i just love the the dynamics of the movie you know it really it does go from um really joyous moments to that mild sense of peril (laughs) (laughs) which i think is great all right, how many butterflies would you I give? I knew you were going to say butterflies. I was oh. going to give you butterflies. <laughs> yeah, you give me butterflies every day, oh. honey. Mm. Oh. Anyway, um, I 10. It's perfect. This movie's perfect. 10. It's perfect. Whoa. Tell me one thing about this. It's just, you know what it is? It's so smart. And it, there isn't any big villain that, you know, they've got to overcome. No. Yeah. The villain is like inside them. It's inside their own, themselves. you know. It's their own ideas and perceptions of things yeah. that have to shift and change. Oh, there was the villains at the start that killed people, but anyway, yes, um, yeah. but they don't have to overcome them. They, They're they, already done. But they weren't like, yeah, um, they were, didn't even see, have faces. They were just silhouettes. Yeah, they yeah. weren't sort of personal. Um, no, you know, personal characters, but they were. You know, I mean, it's just they what is... set up the story, but they didn't. There wasn't what the story was about. Yeah, really. I yeah. mean, what is there to say that hasn't already been said? It's it's perfect. Yeah, the movie's brilliant. Yeah. Every character, I love. It's so we haven't mentioned, but it's so funny. There it's is really so funny. <laughs> many funny moments yeah. in it, especially around um, the strong one, um, Louisa. Louisa, she's she's you brilliant. Know, picking up Isn't the donkeys she? and that sort of stuff, and yeah, you know, fun fact that's not in my fun fact. Yep. Um, just to, to finish us off. So when Disney was making merch for this, they, they made Mirabelle merch and they made Isabella merch and they did not make Louisa merch. What? And that because they didn't think that little girls who they were gearing these things towards, they did not think that little girls would be interested really? in Louisa. No. So they get Mirabelle, she's the lead, and Isabella, she's the beautiful one. Um, and... The fact is that Louisa has been far and away the most popular character yeah, in this wow. in this movie um, because she just is so relatable. Yep. And, you know, she's just magnificent. And her song is so good. Mm. And, you know, she's, yeah, she's just awesome. The whole movie is just great. I love the colour palettes. I love how the families are clearly separated into colour palettes. Yeah. Like yep. Mirabelle's side of the family are all in these cool tones and then we have... Um, the other side, Pepper's side of the family, which are all in the warm tones. And then Abuela's a mix of the two. She's mm. like a warm burgundy. So yeah. she's got the purple of the other side and then the warmth of... So it's just so good. And then Bruno is in green. So yeah. he's completely separate from either of the other two. It's just so smart. The whole thing is so clever yeah. and it's just so beautiful. And yeah, 10, ten butterflies, 10 yeah. out of 10. There you go. Well, before we finish off, um, I've got a couple of fun facts for you. I'll stop it. So, um, Mirabelle was voiced by Stephanie Beatriz, mm-hmm. which she she's um, well known for her role of Rosa Diaz in Brooklyn Nine Nine, which is where a, she's got a really deep voice, and she's got this real <laughs> um, dark kind of gothic kind of uh, you know persona, yeah, uh, which is really. Uh, it's really it's not how she speaks at all to no. to um, this character of Mirabelle. Mm-hmm. Like you, you wouldn't, you could not really pick it. No. And Bruno was voiced by John Leguizamo, mm-hmm. who's done over 150 movies. Stop that. He's like one of the hardest working dudes in Hollywood, um, but he's been in just about everything. I think. Do you think? Controversial question. Yeah. Do you think that when uh, Mr. Manuel Miranda was writing this, 
he had cast himself as Bruno. Well, you know, yeah, probably. Because the song, the, part, the, the parts that Bruno sings, and he doesn't sing very much in this movie at all. Yeah. But the parts that he sings are so much Lin-Manuel Miranda. Mm. Like the style, the, the um, way that lyrically it all fits together. I just think there is no way that when he was writing this, he did not have himself picked for that role. And... He was probably devastated when they said, oh, no, 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 no. We've got John Lugas or whatever his face is. To, <laughs> to do Legazamo, sorry, um, to do this. And he's probably like, bastards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, uh, something we probably haven't mentioned, too, is probably that, you know, in terms of Disney um, settings, mm-hmm. t- you know, like, Colombia is probably not one that they've really They have touched. never done it, no. They've done other parts of South America, yeah. um, but not Colombia. And I think that that's just interesting to note yeah. uh, that they're, they're, they're looking for new places to yeah. to, to have their stories set. And yeah. even the family is a very diverse-looking family. Yeah. They, you know, in terms of everything. Yeah. Heights, yeah. facial structures, skin colours, yeah. everything. It's a lot. really diverse. And I haven't been to Colombia, but I imagine that that's probably what... Um, the makeup of Colombia is like. Yeah. 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 Cool. There you go. So 10. 10. Yep. Jeez. That's a big call. And I kind of tend to agree. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't go with 9.5. Oh, you yeah. Love, you love a halfer. I'm, yeah. I'm tempted. I'm very, very tempted. Yeah. Anything maybe else you I, want to say? Maybe if I watch it again, I'll give it a, give it a nine and a half. Maybe. Maybe if Bruno's hiding in the background of Mirabelle's yeah, um, if we can work that sorting out, ceremony. I'll be, I'll be happy. <laughs> She might, you might get a 10. It probably is one of those movies, too, if the more you look at it, there's probably more things to find. Probably, so, I'm mm, sure. There you go. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for tuning into this episode. We love this movie. Watch it. Watch, Watch it. it with your kids. Watch it a thousand times and then stream the soundtrack on Spotify. Um, <laughs> thanks for tuning in. Uh, go and give us a like on Instagram and Facebook so that you can keep up with updates about the show. Yeah. Uh, you can give us a review on uh, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify as well as doing ratings now. So if that's where you're listening, please go and um, check us a really nice rating on Spotify. You can listen to Brett's other podcast, Teaching for Dummies, wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll talk to you next time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye.